Hi, I'm Burke, and due to the nature of this podcast, there might be depictions of graphic violence or harsh language, so listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, uh, like I said last episode, this episode's also going to be a world-building episode, and I'm actually going to continue to build off of what I was building before. A lot of that I already had flushed out, and this section of this, I'm actually building on the spot. little backstory with why I'm building this section of the world. I actually wasn't planning on building this section of the world for a couple months after the campaign had even started. I assumed my players wouldn't go into this region we're calling the Far Below. Think abandoned dwarven civilization far beneath the other civilizations underground. Don't think Underdark, don't think Drow civilization. Think more dwarven, but it's been infested and taken over by rats. My world actually doesn't have an Underdark. Most of the underground caverns are either dwarven made or other species made. The reason why I'm bringing up that I actually wasn't planning on building this section of my world when I was submitting stuff for my players so they could actually start planning around building their characters and kind of get backstories figured out. One of them came up to me and goes, hey, is this acceptable? And because we are playing in Pathfinder, they showed me the player's handbook and it had the rat folk lineage. One of my players wants to play a rat folk and I'm not big on telling people no. So like the, there have been times where I have said no to some things, but this one I couldn't resist. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing how they integrate with the world when they are playing a hostile faction. They're one of my more experienced players, and I hope she um, <laughs> knocks her socks off. So now that kind of puts me on the spot where I need to now flush out this underground civilization for my player. All right, let's get to work. The Ratfolk civilization came to be from a forgotten dwarven laboratory that was used for R&D on bioweapons. The dwarves had won their war and have decided to clean up the mess. So they caved in all entrances to the laboratory, thinking that all the subjects would die off inside. Little did they know the genetic manipulations they did to the rat folk in the process of creating them made them more intelligent than they thought they would. The rat folk were crafty and they began constructing their civilization from the laboratory itself. They knew that the dwarves were bad news, so they did everything in their power to avoid them. They even began constructing tunnels to find game so they could hunt and feed themselves as well. They even have tunnels going all the way to the surface. As time passed, the Ratfolk civilization grew, as well as split into tribes. And as the tribes splintered off, the borough, their main capital city, became less and less populated. The tribes found that they only entered the borough when they needed to, and when the tribes needed to combine and deal with a problem. Not until recently, the Ratfolk never had a unifying leader over all tribes. Okay, this is kind of what I have right now. So let's build on what I have. Let's go ahead and build 10 tribes. And we'll stick to the normal naming convention I've kind of built for the rat folk, as well as let's keep it simple because I need to be able to remember all of these as well. So let's build the Black Fur Tribe, the Crimson Fang, the Earthen Claw, the Fire Claw, Iron Whiskers, Night Claw, Plague Claw, Shadow Claw, Storm Claw, and Sunburst. Now I established all the rat folk were like lab rats, so they're all white haired and red eyes. So the Black Fur Clan, let's say, deals primarily with smelting, maybe even, maybe they're in a very coal deposit area. Let's do that. Let's say their area that they're set up is mostly coal deposits, so they're 
their fur it has been stained black now let's say that this laboratory is in the middle of the burrow and because of the age of the laboratory stuff isn't quite working the way it should be and let's say these plagues that have been created and have leaked out in certain sections of the city and the rat folk have been exposed to this so often and because they were experimented on with these plagues let's say they have a natural immunity to the plague so what does the burrow look like let's assume that the dwarves when they build their r&d laboratory in this section they built it out a little bit where the scientists could stay so there is like a small city of dwarven architecture in here but because of this immense amount of time that's happened the rats have been able to hollow the area out and let's say it even kind of looks almost anthillish and let's say the rats haven't even attempted to recreate the dwarven architecture and why would they maybe they've even defaced some of the dwarven architecture that's in there to make it more rat folk or even like maybe there's graffiti or other things on like dwarven structures and dwarven like architecture i do think it's important that the rat folk have their own language so I'm going to give them that. But I want to have had Skitter give lessons to get them all to understand Dwarvish as well as Common. You know what? Let's do some building on Skitter. And that way it'll allow this to kind of come together as well. Because I want the rap folk to have had a more recent change in perspective. They are a race that had oral traditions up to a point, And maybe they have a written language. But let's say that Skitter kind of builds that for them as well. So let's go ahead and build Skitter out. Skitter was raised in the borough, the largest and most prominent Ratfolk City. He was born into a family of engineers and inventors, and from a young age, he showed a talent for tinkering and building. His family was well respected in the Ratfolk community, and they were known for creating some of the most innovative and effective machines and weapons. As Skitter grew older, he became increasingly more interested in the history of the Ratfolk and the suffering they had endured by the hands of the dwarves. He ventured into the laboratory. At this point, enough time had passed where the laboratory wasn't structurally sound. But this didn't deter Skitter, and he ventured deeper and deeper into the laboratory, eventually coming into sections where the rat folk had never been. He eventually came across a room that was filled full of vats, where his ancestors floated, or what was left of them. Because of his often scavenging trips, he was able to pick up a general understanding of the dwarven language, and found himself collecting books as well as the odds and ends he needed to work on his machines. He found a series of logbooks that delved into the process of the creation of the rat folk, as well as the creation of the plagues that were used against the dwarves and that were tested on these rat folk. Skidder was determined to make this place accessible for himself. The other rat folk knew to stay away from it. For now, though, he would take all the books and all the documents that were left inside. Skidder scoured all the books and was learned as much as he could about his people's past as well as the pain that they all suffered. Skidder found he couldn't leave it alone. He never forgot the past pain and injustices his ancestors had. He became determined to seek revenge against the dwarves to ensure the ratfolk would never be subjected to such cruelty again. Using his engineering skills, he developed a new weapon that could be used to spread disease and sickness among the dwarves, but he knew he couldn't get his revenge alone. Skitter was a member of the Shadowclaw clan, and at the time it was ruled by a ratfolk named Bloodclaw. And he didn't like 
Skidder's ideas of technological advancement, and he saw him as a threat to the traditional ways. Skidder knew that he couldn't defeat Bloodclaw in a one-on-one, -on -one, so Skidder waited and gained more knowledge and more advancement. His hard work eventually paid off, and he became the division leader of the Shadowclaw's engineering division. Skidder continued to work hard and innovate. During a raid from a rival clan, Bloodclaw was killed in the battle, and Skidder saw an opportunity to make his move. He challenged the current acting leader of the Shadowclaw clan to a duel, and because of all the hard work he had put in, he had won. And with the support of his peers, he was able to claim control over the Shadowclaw tribe. From there, Skidder's leadership and engineering expertise quickly led him to being recognized as a leader among the other Ratfolk tribes in the borough. His innovative designs and use of the plague technology helped him unite the Ratfolk tribes and establish the borough as a powerful and advanced civilization. I actually could make a whole episode of Character Builder just on Skitter, and I probably should make a building a villain for Skitter as well. I might put the two together eventually. I'm not ready to stat Skitter out, and I'm not ready to build that quite yet. Anyways, back to building on this. So because of all the technological advances Skitter had developed for himself from the information the dwarves had left in the past, as well as their history and all this other stuff. He was able to bring back the plague weapons that the dwarves were experimenting with. He also thought it was important to educate his people with the knowledge that the dwarves had left behind, building a shared hatred for all of his people. All right, that for the most part is the easy stuff to share on a audio medium. I also developed a org chart for my villain. So I have multiple baddies for different people to fight. I guess we could go into more detail about the big, bad, scary monsters that are also living in the in this region. That way it's not just the rat folk. Maybe there's other really terrifying creatures down here. Maybe some basilisks, maybe some things that don't need any access to daylight. Now, I also assume that the rat folk are stealing produce so they're able to cultivate down in the far below much like the rest of the denizens of this world but maybe they rely more on fungi rather than regular crops now i haven't decided if they're getting into domestication or not they probably aren't but We'll figure that out later. I also developed a bunch of locations associated with each tribe. Added maybe three or four locations per tribe. So it makes more sense than the, it flushes kind of the area out. Ideally, this is a good foundation for my player who's going to be building this Ratfolk character. Whether or not they're going to give the reason why they left their civilization. Maybe there's some kind of defector. I don't know. They haven't really given me their backstory yet. Either way, them giving me this information kind of gave me more opportunity to build this stuff out for them and then they can submit information about their character their tribe and the reason why they left but all in all this is actually a good amount to submit to them so they actually have enough information to build from there well i hope you enjoyed the episode it was kind of neat to sit down here and just kind of build a lot of this on the spot it's honestly a really good exercise for me as well as a lot of people for world building because this actually puts you on the spot a lot and you can get used to just building on the fly which is kind of important in a tabletop role-playing game, especially when you're not on rails. I'm also cutting it off here because, well, I have a surprise for you all this week. And that is going to be another thing <laughs> built by the seat of my pants. So I hope you enjoy it when I finally get 
ready to record it tomorrow. What? It's the two-year anniversary of the show. I honestly can't believe we've made it this long. Not for lack of things to talk about. Most small podcasts don't really last all that long. So it's been amazing, all the support and all the people who have backed me up throughout this. It's honestly been a super fun journey and the feedback has been phenomenal. So I just wanted to say thank you for everybody who's stuck in there and has enjoyed this ride so far. I guess I found a good time to quit because there's a nasty storm that's popped up. So I guess I'll keep the rest of this pretty short. Just a reminder, we also have a Discord. You can find it as well as all the other socials in the show description below. I still haven't had a chance to make that Instagram yet, but I'm off of work tomorrow. So I think I'm going to go ahead and try to put that together. And the next episode of the Telor campaign is, I believe, on April 16th. It's a different day than we normally do it, but nonetheless, it should be fun. And I want to thank everybody for making it to the end of the episode, and I'll catch you on the next one.